What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. 49ers Chiefs, Super Bowl 58. Let's go. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Taking the Points podcast here on the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero filling in for Chris Dunnels alongside Jay Spence, the King Spence. I'm in a cranky mood. You know, but you, you don't sound like it. So it, you 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 do a good job. You you sound <laughs> bright and very excited to be here. So, you know, how are you doing, man? You're not in a good mood. I'm sorry, no. but other how are you? I'm miserable. My team just <laughs> lost the Super Bowl for the second time in five years to the same damn team, to the same quarterback they should have drafted. I am miserable. We're going to dissect the Super Bowl in a minute. But first, I want to tell you that Taking the Points is presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Spence, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. Um, just first of all, your overall reaction to the chiefs winning back-to-back Super Bowls and now officially becoming a dynasty. I know it doesn't sting as much for me at the moment as it does for you, but as a bills fan, I'm tired of it because for 20 years, I had to deal with the Patriots dynasty. Now I have to deal with the chiefs dynasty. And it seems that for my team, we can do well in a season. We beat them during the season. We can go to Kansas city and beat them in a season. And then in the playoffs, we have to deal with Patrick Mahomes. We have the Buffalo Bills have outscored any team in the NFL over the last three years by far. If you go back, if you go and look at the stat, we have we are dominant, but we run into the Chiefs, <laughs> and that's my problem. So I hate it, but I know it's things for you, man. Like for after the game, like just I can't imagine the anger that went through you, but. So, how were you able to still cover the game? You still had to work. How were you able to cover it, man? So in some ways it was good. In some ways it was bad. So Hardman catches the touchdown and we always start our post-game show immediately after the game. So literally before Mahomes even gives him a hug in the end zone, I'm going down to my studio and starting the post-game show. I didn't stay for the confetti. Like I didn't see any of that. So in a way it was kind of good because it was just like, I didn't even process the emotion. I just was like, all right, it's time to start the show. But then as we were doing the show and talking about the game, the grief would hit me in waves and the anger would come. And so if you go listen to our post-game show on the Gold Standard Podcast Network, I just rage out in a couple of spots because it's hitting me like we just lost the Super Bowl again and we lost it because we did stupid things. And so it would just come at me and I would just explode. And I'm still processing it, to be honest with you. So it's upsetting for me because I, I root for the 49ers and I was obviously all season. I was rooting for a Berman Bowl. I wanted the Niners <laughs> and the Bills to meet. Like, you know, I root for that. 
Shanahan, I, I always feel like I, if you go and look at my Twitter and you listen to my, my code of conduct, I, I, I really, I praise this guy. I think he's the, the greatest offensive mind in football. I think that, you know, along with, with your GM, I think the, the roster building is, is second to none. I think every, I think everything positive about your team. And then in the biggest moments, just the worst decisions, man. It, it, and I just don't understand it. There was some some ballsy calls there, but at the same time, there were also bad decisions. And I just, man, I feel for you guys because to be that close and to have the confidence that you have the roster to do it, and really talent-wise, you had the roster to do it. So to not come out on top in this game for you, man, I, I really, my heart goes out to all of my 49er uh, nation and friends that I have out there, man. I, I feel for you, Stats. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there was crucial times in this game where Shanahan, I think he just butchered it. That's the word I used with Kay Adams earlier this week. He butchered big game management situations. You know, on one hand, fourth down, fourth and two with about 12 or 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And Kyle goes for it and they complete it to Kittle. And two plays later, they get the touchdown to Juwan Jennings and they take the lead. And I was sitting there like, yes, because I have been begging Kyle Shanahan to be aggressive on fourth down. And I loved that he did that. And it worked. And that's how you take a Super Bowl away from another team. Mm -hmm. So then later in the game at the two minute warning, when it's third and five, I thought they should have run the ball in both of their third downs in that third down and the third and four in overtime. I thought the 49ers should have run the ball. The reason being, number one, they still might get the first down anyway, because the Chiefs run defense is weak. Second of all, you give yourselves more options, right? If you run the ball on third and four, third and five, and you gain three, four yards, then it becomes a very short fourth down that you might want to go for. Whereas a fourth and five, you may not want to go for. So I thought you should run the ball and then see where you are on fourth down, especially because at that two minute warning spot, Spence, if they can convert there, the Chiefs only had two timeouts, so they could have bled the clock down. In fact, Trent Williams says that on the field in the huddle. He says this is the most important play of the game. If we get this, we can run this clock down. So that I thought was a big mistake by Shanahan. Well, and and the thing is when you when you talk about the the ability to run, you're not you when I say this, but you're acting like you don't have Christian McCaffrey. Like, <laughs> right. You, like you don't have the best running back in football. And, you know, to me, in those situations and really in, in the overtime situation down towards the goal line at the end there, if I get it, I, I understand it kind of how Shanahan tried to explain his thought process behind the whole thing. But to me, you go for it every time and you go for it to your superstar. I don't care if you put McCaffrey in a certain position where you know you can get him the ball quick in a slide or I, however you do it. But you give the ball to your best player in the biggest moments. And to me, the fact that Christian McCaffrey did not have the opportunities at that point of the game, that's the to me, that's the thing that I look back on and I say, Shanahan, you really ruined it because I understand the bounces, I, like the fumbles and the the the, the punt. I, I get that at times luck just doesn't go your way. It's upsetting. I, I get it. It's upsetting. It's like oh, what? The, but I get it. The problem, the thing that I don't get is the coaching decision to not put the ball in your best player's hand in the biggest moment of the game. And also, and I agree, Shanahan is the number one person who gets the biggest slice of blame pie in this game. But also on that third down play in overtime that they don't get the right guard, Spencer Burford is the one that makes the mistake. And he said this week, and I cannot believe this. He said, I played on instinct 
I should have just stuck to the scheme. So in the biggest play of the year, your backup right guard decided to go rogue and just ignore the scheme. I, I mean, Shanahan gets a lot of the blame, but that's not Shanahan's. So like, what the hell is that? Like, you just you you went rogue. What? He said that. Yes, he said that. <laughs> Yo. I can't like when you say it out loud. Biggest play of the year. I know what my job is. I know what the whole offense is set up to do. Ah, oh. forget that. I'm doing my own thing. That's for beginners. And then here comes Chris Dude. Jones unblocked. Dude, the media, the the media coverage, like just their availability since this game. A lot of the things that's being said, uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't believe he he admitted that Shanahan's pressers where he's saying like, no, I, I have no regrets. I can't do that. That kills me. It, I, man, Brandon, Ayuk, what the heck is he? Is, is did, did we just see the last game for Brandon? Ayuk in a San Francisco 49ers Jersey. Uh, I think so. Um, I know he's under contract for the fifth year option. They asked him yesterday, like, do you want to be back? And his response was, if it's the right move. And they were like, well, what does that look like? And he said, being a champion. It's like, does that mean you want to play for Kansas City? Like, I don't really understand that. But I know it's possible that they could resign him. Like, they can work it out. But no move that you make gets done in a vacuum, right? Like, you can mm-hmm. resign Brandon Ayuk. Sure, you could have two wide receivers getting basically, you know, top of the market money but that's going to affect how much money you have to spend on the offensive line or replacing Dre Greenlaw, who's basically going to be out for an entire season because he popped his Achilles running onto the field. So I I wouldn't bring Brandon Ayuk back. I think he's going to be too expensive. I think that wide receiver is becoming like running back in a lot of ways where you can find guys to replace good players because there's a ton of good wide receivers. So I wouldn't. And honestly, I think this lineup could do it a little bit of change. I think it's getting a little stale. See, now this is this is one of the conversations that that I have with Bills fans. I actually just had one yesterday where a lot of people are they really have the same type of perspective that you do when it comes to the roster and it comes to, um, you know, maybe it's time to move on from certain individuals and certain players. My thing is, I get it. Like, it's the end of the season. Our teams didn't win. So there's moments where we're like, man it's getting stale we got to move on but the thing is you gotta you gotta realize and then relax you you were in the super bowl stats and i understand like last year you made it to the championship game not the super Bowl. you made it to the nfc championship quarterback got injured so you weren't able to make it to the super bowl that year but your team is always in the final four or the final two teams to be in the like in the tournament so while i understand the frustration where it's like you know what it's getting old it's getting stale dude I'm a Bills fan. I would love to make it to the damn Super Bowl or, you know, I would love that. We made it to the AFC Championship once in Josh's career so far. Let me get back. I want to get to the Super Bowl. So you're close. So I think I I get it. I think it's more so about Shanahan's decision making. And also, I mean, I like Brock Purdy. I understand that now some people are saying, oh, go sign Kirk Cousins or go do that. Relax. Like Brock Purdy had a season that was almost an MVP season. Like, if Christian McCaffrey wasn't on your team, I think you got you might not have the same numbers. But at, with those numbers, Brock Purdy would have won MVP if Christian McCaffrey wasn't on your team. It's okay. Relax. You got Brock. You got the running back. You got you got a good defense. Now, you're right. Greenlaw, you got to replace. 
But let's just let's woosah stats. Let's woosah. Your team <laughs> lost in the Super Bowl in overtime. Like in over. So it what you they needed an extra they needed an extra quarter to beat you. Like just woosah. Woosah stats. I I get what you're saying. Um, but I also think that they can get back to the Super Bowl if they have maybe a receiver who's not quite as good as Brandon Ayuk, but a much better offensive line. You know, like, I, I don't think that he was the key. And I agree with Brock Purdy. Like, the Kirk Cousins thing is Brock gives you everything that Cousins gives you, and he's more mobile, and he's way cheaper. So, to me, like, the Kirk Cousins thing is 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 over. The Brock Purdy is so far down the list of reasons why the 49ers didn't win the Super Bowl. Like, Brock was fine. He he, mm-hmm. he was fine. So, like, I, I'm not there. He, he set the franchise record for passing yards this year. If he doesn't have a bad game against the Ravens on Christmas, he probably wins the MVP. Like he's going to have a whole off season now to work on his craft as opposed to having to rehab his elbow, you know, which I think people forget last year, like his elbow exploded mm-hmm. in the NFC championship game. So uh, there's, there's definitely reasons for optimism, but yes, it is frustrating. Like it does feel hopeless right now, but we'll get over that. Um, <laughs> Let me ask you this. Do you think it's good for the NFL to essentially go right from the Patriots dynasty to the Chiefs dynasty? Do you think it's good to have a villain? I think it is. I mean, I, I grew up as a wrestling fan, so I feel like you always need a heel in the NFL. And a lot of times the heel is not as much fun unless they're great. So, like, you know, you'll get you'll get some heels in wrestling and they're not as good. Growing up, when The Rock went heel, it was the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> I think he's heel now. He's back in wrestling now and he's a heel. It's the greatest thing in the world because the biggest superstar at WrestleMania is turning on your favorite wrestler and you want to boo him and you hate him so much. And that's what the Chiefs are. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I know everybody is tired of, of Travis Kelsey right now, but when he's on the field, Travis Kelsey is still one of the most dangerous tight ends in football. The defense is lights out. Now, instead of talking about Belichick, we're talking about Andy Reid as being one of the top or the greatest court or coaches of all time. So I think in one sense, it's good because now you have a whole nation that comes together to hate on one team and hope that they don't win. But then it's frustrating as fans because it's like, Ah, I'm tired of seeing these guys. Like, I think, isn't there um, their parade today? I'm tired yes. of their parade. I don't. I'm. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Damn it! I'm sick of it. <laughs> but other than that, other than that, I think it's good for the NFL. I do because, um, you know, you gotta have you gotta have king. Just like in the NBA, I, I like the time when Jordan. You know, he kept people from getting rings. You know, then the next decade, you had the Lakers. You had Kobe and those guys stopping people from getting rings. Uh, and now it's a little more parody, but I enjoy when, when it's like, no, this is the goal. We got to get, we got to beat them. I just saw a ridiculous statistic that Barstool Big Cat tweeted out from Neil Payne, who I guess has a sub stack. Listen to this, Spence. Since 2001, there have been 125 drives in the playoffs where it was at least the fourth quarter. There was under a minute left to play. And the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer. That's like the definition of clutch moments, right? Mm -hmm. Out of those 125 drives, only 40% of them saw the team on offense get the points that they needed. And you might think, well, who's really good at it, right? Tom Brady was five for 11 in those situations. That's 46%. Drew Brees was three for six in those situations. That's 50%. Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback, still failed 50% of the time. 
Patrick Mahomes has been in that situation seven times, and he has succeeded all seven times. 100% of the time in the fourth quarter, in the playoffs, a minute or less, down by seven, Mahomes has come through. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm tired of him, man. <laughs> I'm just so tired of him. But you know, it's just he's so good. I and and I understand like everybody wants to hate him, and everybody, but he's just so good. And then you hear stats like that, and it's just like, if you love football, it's almost impossible to really hate on a guy because because you're witnessing something great. And and I understand Patriots fans want to defend Tom Brady's greatness. Look, Tom Brady is still the goat. But if if this guy, if Patrick Mahomes stays on this trajectory, like he's he's incredible, man. Like he won the Super Bowl this year without a real if you want to call Rice the number one wide receiver, go for it. He won the Super Bowl without a number one wide receiver. No receiver on his team has a thousand yards for the season. Like that's like dude. Well, and not only did they win the Super Bowl, and I hate to, you know, bring this up, but they beat Miami in the playoffs. On the road. They beat Josh Allen and the Bills in the playoffs. On the road. They beat us on the road. They beat Baltimore on the road in the playoffs. The they road. were home against Miami, but they beat right. Buffalo and Baltimore on the road, and then they beat San Francisco. That's like the hardest road in the playoffs to get through, and they still and, and, did it. And guess what? Everybody was talking about how, oh, we, we can't crown him the greatest because he's always he's never had an away game in the playoffs. He's that was before the playoffs started. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is gonna have to play on the road at some point now in the playoffs to win. And that's not gonna ha- I was talking big money, man. We coming in Buffalo, <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, they're not coming. Come on, you're not no way you're coming into Buffalo and beating Josh Allen. And and as great as Josh played, he got Josh actually played well that game. It didn't matter. The defense gave up. Patrick Mahomes is that guy, man, and I, and I hate to admit it that way, but he just is. And and we got it outside of this show, folks listening. It's okay, I'm hurt too, but we have to just we have to admit it. At some point, if he sticks on this type of road, man, there's no way that I'm not gonna say in ten years that he's he's gonna be over to Brady. He's just going to. You can't can't deny it. The you know some people are saying, oh, he's already the greatest quarterback of all time. I completely disagree with that because as as amazing yeah, yeah. as Patrick Mahomes' career is, he's got to duplicate it to even be in the discussion for, with Tom Brady. That's how I mean. Look at all the rings Tom Brady has. Like Mahomes has three, and that's amazing. But it's not like we got to give Brady his respect. But I think there's a legitimate argument to make at this very second that Patrick Mahomes is the second greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, Absolutely. it's him, it's Montana, uh, who, you know, I don't know who else you want to put up there. If you want to put Terry Bradshaw up there, cause he's got the rings, but like, I think, I think right now, Patrick Mahomes is the second best quarterback that's ever played football. And and you know what? And I will not argue about any of that. Um, now the, the thing is, again, I understand what your point is about the, the championships. To me, I, it's tough sometimes when it comes to football to put that on, I, you know how everybody wants to say wins aren't a quarterback stat. But the thing is, I feel like depending on situations, because there's been great time, great moments where, you know, it's not the quarterback's fault that the team has lost the game. Mm-hmm. So I, I hate to put that on, guys, because, you know, you need a team effort. It's luck. It takes a lot. And it's not about I think I think without winning seven championships, I do think at some point Patrick Mahomes can be considered the greatest over Brady. 
I just think that he has to continue on him, have these seasons that he's having, you know, but at the same time, I hear what you're saying about the Super Bowl. I just hate that because I hate the argument about like the greatest of all time, even with basketball. I think people are taken out of the conversation. For instance, I don't think Iverson is the top two or top three player of all time, but he's never mentioned in that conversation because he doesn't have a ring. If he had one ring, people would talk about him overall as like a top five player. I still think that guy was that good. He took that Philly team with Dikembe Mutombo and my grandmother to the championship against the Lakers. So, I mean, I, like that was that was different. The guy is different. So I hate I hate using championships as a, you know, as a measuring tool. Yes, I totally understand that. Um, but when Brady has so many more than everybody mm-hmm. else, I do think it yeah. has to be part of the conversation. And And this is the thing about Brady and Mahomes and how you win as much as they have. Because you're right. The Chiefs got a lot of lucky, lucky bounces. They recovered six of the seven fumbles in the game, first of all, for number one. <laughs> like the punt goes off the returner, number two. But it's it's not just about that. What did the Chiefs do after they got the punt? One play, touchdown. They took <laughs> advantage of their opportunities. They The Chiefs turned the ball over twice. The 49ers didn't score any points off of those turnovers. The Chiefs did score points off the 49ers' turnovers. Brady and Mahomes have they've gotten luck but luck only matters if you capitalize on it and to their credit they did in their careers over and over and over and over again it's so frustrating it's just the the, 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 see i I have the i I just i keep saying it but it's just like because you look at those teams and you look at like all season you watch them not be a great offensive team you watch them um, they're one of the most, if not the most penalized team on the offensive line. You look at, like, you just look at all these things and it's like, okay, this is who this team is. And there's no way they're going to look like the chiefs that we're used to seeing them as. And then in the playoffs, they become the chiefs that we're used to seeing them as. And it's so frustrating, man. It's so frustrating, but it does concern me about, and I know this isn't, I don't want to blame, but I do get upset with this whole, um, the, the referees have to be more accountable. I think I think the referees should have to be available for media same way players do. If there's a controversial call or no call, if there's something that I, I think instead of just tweeting out a report or putting it up on NFL.com after sending it out to media, I think that referees should be held accountable and should have to sit in front of the media just like everybody else and say, hey, how is that not pass interference in this big moment here? Or how is this not holding here? And and get an explanation in front of people because I do think this season and the Super Bowl is another game that you can use as an example. But almost every single Sunday, there's been games where the outcome of the game has been completely, it, it, I mean, it's been completely in the hands of the referees. And that to me, that's not, it's not good. You, the job of the referee is not to change the outcome of the game, it's to make sure it's fair. And when uh, calls aren't being called one way versus another, you can't tell. I, I li- I'm not a, I'm not a, 49ers fan but there's moments in that game where you see Nick Bosa literally being harassed he's being abused man like he's being I don't want to use certain words but he's being felt up frisked up really really good and no call I just don't get it I don't get it what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is Scott Galloway host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. 
So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You look at the Chiefs holding penalties in the regular season versus the playoffs. They went way, way down in the playoffs. And let's just be honest. It's not like they suddenly learned how to block once the postseason began. Gene Steratore said to Pat McAfee during Super Week, we're looking for whales, not minnows. That was his exact quote, meaning unless it's horribly bad, we're not calling it in the playoffs. That's essentially what it is. And, and I, that's frustrating to me because those are the most important games of the year. And those are the games when you need the rules enforced the most. And I just don't like this idea that referees can't influence a game if they don't throw a flag. That's simply not true. Referees influence the game on the calls that they make and the calls that they don't make. Perfect yeah. example, the NFC Championship game between the Saints and the Rams, right? They didn't throw the flag for pass interference. That influenced that game. So there does need to be transparency. There does need to be accountability. This whole one official talks to one pool reporter after the game. That's garbage. That's ridiculous. Yeah. The ref should have to stand up there and answer as many questions as people have, especially with the league being in bed with gambling the way that they are. The damn Super Bowl was just in Las Vegas, Spence. I walked into Radio Row on Las, in Las Vegas. The first thing I saw was an NFL slot machine. Like, it's right by the entrance. <laughs> it's so right there. the more involved you are with gambling, the more transparency you need in order for people to maintain their faith and confidence in the game. I agree. I agree completely. And and so there's just accountability that needs to be um, taken by the NFL on several levels when it comes to this, because you're right. When you're talking about now, you, you have all of these uh, gambling and betting partners and you mentioned getting off the plane. You're right. As soon as you get off, it's like, boom, for, for this type of stuff. And you know, people bet on these lines, people bet on uh, certain literally anything they bet on sacks they bet on and for and for you to to not hold these referees accountable in these biggest moments man i think it i think it's terrible i really think it's terrible you have plays called back all the time where i feel like they shouldn't you have touchdowns that happen where you have missed calls and just you gotta you gotta call the games right and i hope that the nfl really uh, takes a look at the performance of the referees this year because it's been egregious. It's been it's been one of the worst years, in my opinion, since the replacement referees during their lockout. Other like this has been one of the worst officiated seasons, and I think for me it actually discourages me a bit because I, I feel like the product is being diluted. So I'm hoping that the NFL and you know fans from way back when feel like it's diluted from you can't tackle you can't do this oh these are crazy calls for the quarterback fine you can you can debate on any level but but this is bad like the the the, the way that the referees can change any outcome is just terrible you want to feel like the league is doing everything it can do to make the product as good as it can possibly be and right now i don't know how you could argue that they're doing that like you i just don't think that you can and the reason is they just don't want to spend the money. The owners don't care. They don't want to spend the money because they know people are going to watch. CBS just came out with a report this week. It was the most watched telecast ever. Like 200 million people watched. Literally, that's not an exaggeration. 200 million people watched when you add up all the different audiences. And so they're like, why should we change? Why don't we just save that money? Because people are watching and people are betting on the games anyway. That's how they look at it. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and, 
you know, 10 years from now, when, when people look back on it, they're not, nobody's going to add context to any games. It's just mm -hmm. going to say, Oh, Patrick Mahomes has X number of Super Bowls. He won this one against the 49ers in this year of 2024, you know, so that's, that's all they're going to do. They're not going to go back for the context. So you're right. Um, the NFL is probably thinking like, dude, we're, we're cooking. <laughs> we're making more than we're ever made. Our, our, you know, all of every on Peacock, the subscriptions went up uh, for that first playoff matchup, where it's technically a pay-per-view playoff game. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like everything is working for the NFL. So who knows? You know, the NFL is king in the United States. It, you know, out of all the sports, I know America's pastime is baseball. It's football here. You know, as much as I love it, it's football. So, yeah, they're a machine. But I still for fans sake and like you mentioned, for gambling and all that stuff that they're connected to now. You know, I, the integrity of the game really needs to 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 show up here. Like, I really I'm hoping that the NFL protects its shield and, and stands up for integrity. Like, let's fix that. I hope you're right. I think we're going to see more and more pay-per-view. I think the entire playoffs are going to be pay-per-view eventually. Like, it's I think it's coming. They didn't put that game on Peacock for no reason. It was a test balloon. Mm -hmm. Just brace yourself for that because it is coming. All right, Spence, before we wrap up the final show of the year, let's kind of look ahead now to the rest of the offseason. Congratulations, Kansas City Chiefs. You're the champions again. Awesome. Mm -hmm. But looking ahead now, we've got the Combine coming up in a couple of weeks here at the end of the month. Um, you know, everybody, we can now focus on the draft and, and that. Uh, are you a Combine guy? I am. I, I love the Combine. Now, I'm not a... I don't watch college football as much as most. So um, I watch the combine for me to kind of catch up and, and really start to pay attention to certain positions and, and certain guys that I look forward to seeing. Uh, so I do, I look forward to the combine. Are you going to be in Indianapolis? I am not. I'm trying to get a couple other people from our network uh, credentialed for the combine. Um, mm -hmm. So hopefully that does happen. Uh, Cause I would like to have somebody on the ground there. Cause it's a really cool event. It's an awesome event to go to because there's not a lot of options, let's say, for like restaurants at night. And so what happens is everybody in the NFL is at one of two places. They're either at St. Yeah. Elmo's Steakhouse or they're at Roots Chris and or maybe one other place. And so you when you go to these places, it's just swarming with GMs and head coaches and agents, and they're all drinking a lot. And if you just sit at the bar, you will hear the wildest stuff you ever heard in your life. Mm -hmm. So it is really cool to go to the combine. Yeah, you'll get you'll get the quote of the year for for whatever <laughs> network you work for. Same thing, uh, like like I love going to the Senior Bowl. Same thing because there are, just aren't many options. Uh, I got a chance to to sit around Brandon Bean while he was lathered up pretty good. So same thing. Mm -hmm. you, you go to these places and um, you know combine. What about the draft? You're gonna look at the draft this year. Uh, I may look at the draft now that the 49ers actually have a first round pick for the first time since 2021. I may actually uh, try to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm a big combine guy. This is what I like to do because I agree with you. I don't watch college football that much. Like during the NFL season, I'm locked in on the NFL. So I like to yeah. just watch the combine, observe. And then if there are people that stand out at the combine, I the first thing I do is go to YouTube, dial up their highlights. Let me see your highlights, your best plays. And if something pops to me from your best plays, then I'm like, okay, we may have something here, right? Because if I watch your highlights and it's just like, all right, nothing really stands out to me, then like, why? Am, if those are your best and nothing stands out, I don't really right. care about you. So that's how I look at it. And I get, look, I'm no scout. 
I don't pretend to be a scout. That's just the way I do it. Uh, but I do enjoy it. I do enjoy trying to plan out, you know, where the roster can get better and how things can change and stuff. And look, the offseason is fun. It's not as fun as the as the regular season as the actual games. But to me, there's a lot to like in the offseason. Yeah, this is the, this is the time of year where um, the fans that love the game a little bit more than just watching it. This is our time of year. So this is when those who enjoy the money aspect of the game, you want to learn about uh, cap space and, and how that works. And like the top, you know, because this is the time of year where it gets tricky. GMs have to, you know, the, the, 50, the 51st contract is what matters up until a certain point. And so you can add guys and you can change things around. GMs get creative with uh, creating cap space and, and you're looking at cap casualties. You're going to see guys cut that might not, you would have never thought would be cut. So you're going to see a lot of movement and you're going to see this is the fun time. So, yeah, like for me, um, and this is also when I tend to catch up on Madden, too. I don't get to play Madden much during <laughs> the season. So now I get to enjoy some Madden on the weekends, man. So um, but I think the draft and, and combine for me, it's fun for the reasons that you mentioned. But it's also another thing that you mentioned. It's not is it open to the to public now this year? The yes, you can go and watch okay. the workouts. Yep. Okay, in years past, it hasn't been uh, open to the masses that way. So it was also another thing that I enjoyed to be able to go and kind of, you know, scout and look at things in a quiet way. But we'll see how it goes this year with, with uh, people being able to come and see it. But I, I just I think the NFL knows what they're doing. They put on great events all the time. And mm -hmm. uh, Vegas, I, I know we've moved on from the Super Bowl, but man, I, I would love to see the NFL figure out a, a permanent something um i don't know if it's it should, i don't i don't know if it should be the super bowl because i understand what that does to cities when you take the game of a magnitude of the super bowl to an area it, it helps so i don't want to take that away from traveling but the nfl and in, in las vegas just works uh i know you were at the draft a few years back when a couple years back when they were there it worked you know now this super bowl worked i just i would love to see a marriage of somehow with the nfl in las vegas Vegas knows how to handle big events. They have big events mm -hmm. all the time. You know, I, I talked to the Uber drivers and the cab drivers in Vegas as we were going around. And I was like, is it crazy for you? And they're like, yeah, a little, but like, we're used to it. Like it's but all the world. So it's not a, a stress on them. Whereas it might be in some other places. I will say Allegiant stadium is awesome. It is awesome. It's gorgeous. It's it looks oh. beautiful. We were on the field for opening night. It's incredible inside that building. Like it is unbelievable. I was blown away by Allegiant. I feel like it's not, now it's my favorite stadium. AT&T was my favorite stadium for a mm -hmm. long time. I like, I like um, SoFi out in LA. That's a beautiful stadium, but man, Allegiant is, it's incredible. If you haven't had a chance to go out to Las Vegas and visit that stadium, if you ever get a chance to be there, book a tour like don't just go to a game book a tour it, it is it is art it is absolutely art just gorgeous did you see the leather booths they had down on the field with bottle service yeah. that you could sit in <laughs> during the game <laughs> like it is so vegas it just fits perfectly in that city um it was Everything, definitely yeah. very very cool one last thing i want to say about the combine before we go too if you are a team, perhaps like the 49ers, who's maybe wondering what to do with Brandon Ayuk, or I know a lot of people think the Buffalo Bills are going to try and maybe trade Stephon Diggs. I know you told me before we hit record that that's not going to happen. But when you have a player in that kind of a situation, 
all that stuff gets discussed at the combine. None of it's legal. You're not supposed to, but all the GMs are there. (laughs) All the agents are there and there's no way to stop it. All of it gets discussed. There's a, the train station there in Indianapolis is where everybody meets. It's like the worst kept secret. And they all talk about it. The groundwork for all these deals gets laid in two weeks at the combine. And, and that's again, uh, one of the things that, it, this is the part of the season, like I mentioned, if you love it a little bit past seeing what you watch on game days, this is your time of the year because you're right. You're going to see, you know, all of the the reporters that you're used to following. So Shefty and, and all those guys are going to be tweeting like crazy about potential uh, deals that are agreed upon that qu- aren't quite agreed upon because like Stas said, they're not legal to be talked about yet. But, uh, you know, when that's why when free agency hits and you see these deals pop as soon as free agency opens that's why these things were in place since the combine mm-hmm. so it's gonna be fun man I, I'm, this is i love this time of year i love it i just hate i'll tell you what i hate mock draft season i hate that well i haven't been able to look at a mock draft in three years so i'm looking forward to being able to actually check them uh, to me mock drafts are candy like they're not good for you no one is expecting <laughs> them it. to be a hundred percent accurate <laughs> It's candy. Uh, great. Oh, mock draft came out. Good. I'll check it out. I know it's not good for me. I know it's probably wrong and full of lies, but I like it. It tastes good. Okay. It makes me well, see, feel good. No, see, I hate it stats because then like, depending on what it is, you, you get excited. Like you, you start to be like, you know, you see certain mocks from certain people. I'm not talking about like everybody do your mocks. I'm, I don't mean, uh, I hate to see everybody's, uh, involvement at this time of year. I love that. But I'm talking about when you start to see Mel Kuyper and you start to see, uh, you know, whoever, those guys do their mocks and you they they rank these players and this is where they're going to go. And, they, and then you start to, you know, look at the second best wide receiver possibly coming to Buffalo and you got 14 mock drafts from all these professionals saying that they're coming to Buffalo and then we draft a damn offensive lineman. And I just get, <laughs> it just, <laughs> it just bugs me, man. So I'd rather not even, I don't even want to get excited. I don't want to get excited. <laughs> I can understand that. It does sort of set certain expectations. Um, but I do enjoy, I just like exploring the possibilities. That's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And I like now that you can sort of do your own mock draft. Like you, there's, there's sites out there where you can try and like, all right, well, you know, maybe you love Caleb Williams and you want your team to trade up for him. So having to like put together a trade to try and move up for that pick, that's kind of a fun thing to do. But look, if you can't enjoy, this part of it, like, obviously your season ends how it ends. I'm a bitter 49er fan right now. But, like, if you can't enjoy the rest of this, then why are you caring about sports at all? Because you're just going to be miserable all the time. So you yeah. got to find the enjoyment in this part of the season as well. Well, you're right. You're right, because my team wasn't the last team to win either. So uh, you got to you gotta find things to, to continue to love your team when you need to. And, and look, right now, for me and Bills fans, Brandon Bean has a pretty good track record uh, around this time of year. So this is a time that we can start to feel good about yourselves again. So, hey, and there's a lot of teams, a lot of good things to look forward to. If I'm a Texans fan, I'm very excited about the future. If Absolutely. I'm a Raiders fan, I'm excited for this coaching staff. You know, if if I'm a like I can go around, there's a lot of excitement and reasons to be excited, depending on who you're a fan of. If you're a Lions fan, you should absolutely be excited at the way your team is growing and, and the direction of the head coach is taking them in. You know, Packers fans, you should be excited. Jordan Love showed up. So there's a lot to be excited about. Last thing about the draft, man, who, what 
I know you haven't. We haven't watched the combine yet. We have, but where do you? Uh, what direction? Uh, uh, defense, offense, offensive line. You want to replace oh. a thousand percent? <laughs> they have eleven picks. Use them all on the offensive line. Like what other position you're going to take a wide receiver? That dude's never going to see the field. Offensive line forever. Look, think okay. of it this way, Spence. Right? Like we know it's hard to find good players. Well, if you use all eleven picks on offensive line, if you go two of eleven. You've you you've two. upgraded the offensive line. You've succeeded, right? Who cares yeah. if the other nine or eight picks failed? It doesn't matter. Just just be a baseball player. Succeed three out of ten times, and you go into the Hall of Fame. You so you don't want to replace uh, Green because uh, that injury is going to hurt. Like, he, you know he's a big yes. part of your defense. Um, well, they did draft two linebackers last year, so you would okay. like to think that maybe one of them. Could, you're never going to totally replace Greenlaw because I think he's a top Absolutely. five linebacker in the NFL. I will say Aziz Alshire, their former linebacker, is a free agent. And he was, I don't know if all Niner fans made a big deal of this, but I think it was before the NFC Championship game. He was in the huddle with the 49ers linebackers before the game doing their like pregame <laughs> thing. So like he may be interested in coming back. I'm just saying. Um, but no, first and foremost, it has to be the offensive line. I don't need my backup right guard going rogue on third down and overtime in the Super Bowl. I need a guy that's going to do his damn job and they got to draft him. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope, I hope you guys get that. Cause I think you need to replace John Feliciano too, but I won't, I won't upset too many 49ers fans uh, <laughs> for the bills. I'm hoping that we actually go offense this, this year. Uh, we went offense last year with Dalton Kincaid, but um, I'm hoping that we replace Gabe Davis. So we need a really good mm-hmm. wide receiver too. I love Khalil Shakir, but I think he's a, a good option for three. We need to draft a good guy. And I think Gabe Davis is gone. I don't think there's a chance that he comes back to Buffalo. We will be here through all of it, enjoying the ups and downs of the offseason. The SB Nation NFL show is not going to stop. This show, however, is going to take a bit of a hiatus. This will be uh, the final taking the points for the season. Spence, I know I haven't been hosting with you on all of them, but I always love just being able to listen to you and, and learn from your wisdom and insight. It's been a pleasure for me this season. And I just want to say that thanks for everything. And I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I enjoyed uh, doing this season with you too. You know how I feel about you. I called you during the Super Bowl week and let you know, I, listen guys, if you don't listen to stats on the regular, you should, this guy is a legend and I'm not saying it as a, just cause I'm here with him. He's a legend. Follow him, listen to him. I appreciate you, man. And, and Chris, I know he wasn't able to join us for this last episode, but it's been a pleasure this season. I want to thank SB nation and DraftKings for the opportunity. And uh, Hey, let's, let's get this together and do it again next year. All right, let's play the music and take it home. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, 
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.